One thing I will say about animation as a whole, folks, and this has come from somebody that, you know, a majority of their video library at times is nothing but animation, but mostly when it comes to memorable animation, I've got just about one, two, three, four, five, six, um, not the whole, but basically a decent amount of Disney movies. Now, Disney, along with things like Pixar, the subs uh, subdivision, or subsidiary, if you will, and things like DreamWorks, and even Blue Skies at times, can offer very beautiful animation to look at and remember. Especially if you blend it all together to have something that's a total package, and that is animation that goes along, that, you know, animation that goes with great characters and stories. Or, to say it the otherwise, great animation you can associate a story with, the characters with. And overall make it the total package of something to be very, very memorable. But, the other form of anime, I mean animation I should say, and I think I just gave it away there, that we're all fans of, that can present a very beautiful, memorable image, along with great stories and characters to go along with it, is Japan animation, otherwise known as anime. But the one thing about anime, though, that, you know, a lot of people, that makes anime, that makes it more probably talkative and memorable then let's say Western animation or European animation is the fact that you know anime can get along get away with a lot more than what we can here in the Western Hemisphere or the Western part of the world. They can get away with a lot more story-wise, character-wise, plot you know story-wise, character-wise, and overall animation-wise. They can do a lot more. We here in the U.S. we can try to do, we can try doing that too, but the only way our animation can ever match to that quality or match to that um, everyday uh, scenario in Japan is if it's done later. Is if it's done for a show, an animation show seen late at night. That's mainly what it is. Mainly, you gotta basically plan out a program to be seen late at night. Japan anime, they're the same way. Japanese animation, anime if you will, they're the same way. They, they have certain programs and stuff that they create that can only be broadcast at night. But, even with that said, they also have movies and shows just like we do that get broadcast or shown throughout the day. And some of them make you ask and wonder what the heck were they thinking? I mean, legitimately, that makes that's the question you have, is what the heck were they thinking? And what I mean by that is, sometimes the... It's not just the story. The story can be great. The characters can be memorable. But the imagery, as well as the animation, can be beautiful to look at. But then sometimes the imagery and what's wrote into... And, and what's... Uh, what I'm trying to say is the imagery sometimes with all that combined can make you wonder what the can make you wonder three one que one question 
summed up into three words. WTF, what the were they thinking? Literally, that, that's the question anybody would have. I mean, you could have all this beautiful animation and memorable characters and stories to go together and become that total package, either, whether it's here in the Western animation or Japan animation anime. But sometimes you're going to get that one image or image that one image or that scene of images throughout that make you wonder what the blank were the animation writers thinking? What were the animation studios thinking drawing this scene that the writers put or suggested in? What what was going through the minds? See, that's the one question a lot of people have. But that is the one thing that makes anime, even when it gets crossed over here with a decent English dub, which a lot of people hope for, and stays true to its source, that's the one thing a lot of people here know makes anime very memorable and enjoyable to watch. It's not just the fact that, oh, well, you know, it's visually stunning and beautiful at most times. It is, believe me. But most times it's also making you wonder, what did I just see here? Why was this put in here? Why did they add this? Why did they add that? It makes you question. It makes you question exactly what were the people thinking. Because you don't know what they were thinking. You really don't. And when I watch someone like Bennett the Sage, Bennett White, if you will, in his anime abandoned show, I know that with any person writing up a review slash script for their review show, for the for the for their review that will last either fifteen to a little over thirty minutes, I I, I know in a sense I know in a sense that they're going to review something. If it's anime related, like anime abandoned, they're going to review something. And even though visually it'll be stunning and beautiful for them to watch, it's going to have its moments to where even shoot-wise, they're going to have to write, write how they really feel into their review, into the script. Because basically shoot-wise, they're going to see something that's going to blow their mind. And it does. You know, there have been several animes that Bennett and others have reviewed where basically they ask that question of why? What's the point of this? Why did this character have this visual or have this visual representation given to them? Or why did this character do this? Or even why did the character become this? You know, that's always the question people have. Uh, for example, I'll give you one example here. Revolutionary Girl Utena, the movie. Yeah. This is an anime based on the Magna, Magna and the anime series. It's basically a retelling of the entire anime series condensed and Magna condensed into one movie. The only difference, in, only difference that they did, the only change that they made that made people think, what the blank... What the blank am I seeing? What the blank am I watching? What was the point of this? Why did she become this? Is towards the end. Towards the end, a car wash, for some odd reason, pops up out of nowhere, sucks the main uh, protagonist, Utena, in, and basically results with her coming out the other side as a pink car. A pink car that, oh, by the way, 
has a cloth hidden within it that when it gets covered by said cloth changes into a different car. Now I haven't seen Bennett make a review of Utena the movie yet but I guarantee you when he gets to it even he's gonna wonder what the heck is going on here what's the point of this and that's about the thing that's the thing that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of anime when it comes to something like Revolutionary Girl Utena Revolutionary Girl Utena is one of those animes that you watch and again you wonder you know what were they thinking with that one scene with her turning into a car because visually this movie is beautiful and is stunning to look at and is a decent retelling in movie format of the entire series of the entire anime series and magna it really is but the question they would have but the question viewers have about this i mean even Deo taku i mean Dale Otaku did a review on this, along with a fellow reviewer that appeared in Bennett's end of um, in uh, Bennett the Sage's uh, a review of the end uh, Evan 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 easy for me to say Evan the end of Evan and. You know, they asked the question, legitimately or part of character, but I'm pretty sure both, of what the heck is the point? Why is she a car? Why was this character turned into a car at the end? And again, I know that's a question Bennett's going to have if he ever does review this. But, like I said, that's the, one of the beauties of anime. It gets you asking that question of why. It gets you so intrigued that... It makes you not only wonder and want to answer, try to answer that question or find answers to that question, but it makes those that hear about it from you want to view that anime, not just because of the animation and the characters and all that that might, be, that might blend perfectly together, but because of those moments and scenes that make you ask what the, you know, what the freak was the, the animation writer or the anime writer for said anime, movie, or series thinking. But it's, it's not just something like Utena. You take a look at New Cutie Honey. New Cutie Honey, or the Cutie Honey series, mostly New Cutie Honey, this is, an, this is basically an anime that is straight up action. It's a tribute to cosplays. You name it. But basically there are certain moments in this anime uh, if you will, there's certain moments in this anime that basically when Utena turns into because one of the one of the main capabilities of Utena here is she can turn into anybody. She's basically a gyroid. She can turn into anybody. So by turning into anybody or even anything, if you will, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's, you know, it's fascinating because she can basically go deep undercover if she ha if she has to. It's fascinating because she can go deep undercover. 
Now, what's now there are some uh, transformations that she goes through. Like there's one transformation where she becomes a Buddha statue. Literally, she becomes a Buddha statue uh, in one of the episodes of that anime. And I'm sure there's a lot more that she, you know, that she goes through. Maybe some of you can tell me what kind of other strange an uh, transformations she goes through. But the point is, she goes through some unique transformations. And sometimes it makes you wonder, what was the point of her disguising herself as this character, or that character, or even as this inanimate object? And when you ask that question, it makes you want to come back for more. It, it really does. It makes you want to come back... Uh, for more uh, down the line. It really does. And it gets people that when they hear about you questioning why was it added in, makes them want to come back from, makes them want to come and watch as well to see exactly what you're talking about. But again, you know, asking that question of, you know, what the blank happened, you know, what the blank did I just see or what was the point of this, you know, or basically WTF, what were the blank were they thinking? is one of the things that makes anime so beautiful. It's not just a vis visual, stunning visual art form that it is. It's not just the perfect blend of story and characters at most times, or sometimes. It's that moment, it's those moments, it's those scenes that make you think, what the blank were they thinking? It's those visual imageries that make you wonder, why did the writer put that in? Because you never know. A prime example, some prime examples are on here. They are. Like, One Million Year Trip. Um, Phoenix 2772. You know, Princess, the Princess Knight series at times. You know, Baji. You know, the, you know, there are things on here in those movies that I've talked about, those classic animes, that have moments and scenes in there that make you think what the blank with the animators anime these uh, uh, screenwriters these animation writers these anime writers what the heck were they thinking adding this scene or adding that scene or putting this visual imagery in there what what was the point what was the point you know uh, what is it 1001 Arabian Nights the Osama Tetsuku uh, version makes you ask that question a lot. In fact, some of Tetsuku's animes that he's done that's on here, like Baji and One Million Year Trip, make you all ask those questions of what the heck was he thinking when he came up with the concept, when he wrote the story. So, again, and I think, again, I think the reason they do that is because they know people are going to Want, are going to ask that question, but also, even as strange as it may sound, they want to give the viewer some visual imagery that you know brings them back or uh, brings them back for more, or asking for more, or has them relay it to somebody they know that might be interested as well. But it's not. But sometimes it's not just that strange imagery. It, it really isn't. You know, sometimes it's, it's not that strange imagery either. 
either, the visual imagery that makes you think. Uh, people that wrote it and drew it are on some kind of drug, some kind of LSD. Sometimes it could also be scenes in there you wouldn't think they'd come up with. For example, getting back to the Evangelion series, getting back to this, not this one specifically, but the end of Evangelion. There's a moment that Bennett, when he did his review of it, showed, well, one of the main characters who got shot and was dying because said shot kisses the main male protagonist who happens to be around the age of maybe 14, 15, 16, in maybe, well, I wouldn't say 16, I'd say more like 14, 15, maybe 13 years old, and the female protagonist that kisses him is like maybe 18, 19, 20, or portrayed like that. She kisses him on the lips as an encouragement, tells him that's a grown-up kiss, and that they'll do the rest later when he comes back, only for him not to know that that's the last thing she'll probably ever do. And when you see a moment like that, even if it's the last physical thing someone dying would do, it still makes you think and wonder, why was that there? What were the writers thinking? Why did the anima animators or animators uh, agree to put it in? Why was that kept into an English dub when it came over? And mainly, it's, and mainly, again, it goes back to what I talked about, that visual imagery that makes you think the animators want LSD or something like that. It's the fact that it gets people talking. It gets people talking to the point that other people are going to hear about it and they're going to want to see it just to see if that's true. And it's not just in a... And even the end of Evangelican is not just... It's one of those movies, like I mentioned, that has a scene not just like that, but it has that visual imagery that makes you think, what is going on? Were they smoking something? Were they drugged? What's going on? You know, it makes you think that. It makes you think that. But the earliest, the earliest kind of example of something like that, of... A young, of a young, attractive adult female kissing a young male character, maybe around the proximity of 13, 12, 15 years old, what I saw on early, what I saw for an early example was Galaxy Express 999, which again is another one uh, Bennett did. But Bennett never showed that part at the end. You see, the main female protagonist kisses the young male protagonist on the lips. Yeah, the, ma the male protagonist is portrayed like maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. The, ma the female protagonist in Galaxy Express 999 is portrayed to be like maybe in her early 20s. And what does she do? She ends up kissing... And what does she do? And this is spoilers in case nobody's seen it. At the end of the film, as she goes... Her, as both of them go their separate ways. She ends up kissing him on the lips. Literally. And it shocks him. It makes him stand in attention like, woo, you know, kind of deal. But it's one of those moments, even as early as 1981, that makes you think even back then, what did I just see? What were they thinking? What's the point of this? You know, wh why would they come up with that idea? It doesn't make sense. And it's not, and again, it's that kind of thing. 
And again, it's, it's that kind of thing that makes you wonder why. It makes you ask that question, why did they do it? What were they thinking? Even back then, and that's what, from what we are now, 35 years ago? So 35 years ago, you had this question being asked. And yet, people wonder. And then it got people asking and wondering, what were they thinking adding that scene in? It just, you know, what was the point? I mean, basically you have a young adult female, like I said, maybe in her early 20s, kissing a young boy that's basically almost 10 years younger than him on the lips, Oops, as if it's a lover's kiss, as if it's a, a kiss between two lovers. It, it, that, you know, it makes people question that. I mean, I'm sure that people question the, the scene in the movie where she basically opens her uh, fur jacket up or her fur coat up, embraces him inside, and ba you know, basically you know, and goes to the young uh, boy while he's kind of freezing a little bit and uses it to comfort him, keep him warm basically bringing him inside of, inside of it with her. You know, I'm sure some people question that, but still, it's moments, like I said, with the, the kissing, with the kiss scene at the end, that makes people wonder, what was the animators thinking? What were the screenwriters of this film, of this anime, this magna? What were they thinking? Why would they come up with this? And again, that's Galaxy Express 999, which was, that movie came out, well, yeah, that movie came out around 81, 80, something like that. Basically 30, 35 years ago. And again, it's one of those moments that make you question. You know, what were they thinking? What was the point? But again, it goes back to what I was talking about. It's things like that that make anime overall. Those imagery, those images, those scenes that make anime... That, you know, that make anime the visual art form it is today. That make it the visual medium in pop culture that it is today. You know, that's what it makes it. It makes it that visual medium. That visual... That visual asp uh, aspect of pop culture. You know, this is why when... You know, when Ghost in the Shell, I'll give you an example, you know, cast Scarlett Johansson in the, in the, in the lead of the major for the live-action adaption. Anime has become such a centric part of our lives in pop culture that it was an insult to a lot of fans that they had done this. A lot of fans. It was. It was basically an insult. But again, that shows you the effect, the mass effect, uh, if you will, that anime has had on our culture. Anime has had on us, has had on what we see. And again, when it relates to what I'm talking about here, it's the same thing. When we see anime brought over, or we somehow get to find a way to um, well, like I was saying, when we see anime brought over in some shape or form, we thought it's brought over through place through sites like Crunchyroll, 
streaming services like Crunchyroll or Funimation or whatever, anime network. And sometimes we get the legit anime, no pretense, no dub, no nothing. Or even straight English dub translation of the source material itself. What makes us watch this film, what makes us keep coming back for more and more and more and proves by doing so that anime has become an integral part in all pop culture and it's basically cemented its place in history of animation it's not just the great, great beautiful animation great visuals great beautiful animation visuals that we get it's not just sometimes the perfect blend like I mentioned at the beginning of animation story and characters it's te one of the thing, one of the things that makes anime so beautiful and memorable, and has helped it cement its stay, uh, its cement its status, and cement its place in history with fans of animation overall. Is those moments that make you question what the blank were they thinking? What was the blank of putting this in? Why did they come up with it? You know, you take a look at an anime like Paprika. And, it's get, and it gets a lot of compliments. It gets, one, it gets a lot of compliments, but there are scenes in it, moments in it, that make you think, what the blank was the point of that? What the blank were they thinking? What the blank is going on here? You know, are these, were these, was this uh, writer of this anime and the animators that animated it, were they on something when they came up with it? Again, it's that visual represent. It's again, it's that verbal representation of us asking that question that makes anime so intriguing. Makes us want to come back for more and more and more. You know, when when Sage did his review of Evangelican, he also did a review of basically a knockoff of Evangelican, but more on a near softcore kind of proportion. And there's a scene in this knockoff where one of the main, well semi-main female characters has sex, literally, behind the curtains with the main male, with the main young male protagonist. A boy that's probably about 14, 15 years old and the girl that has sex with him and the doctor that has sex with him is probably about 10 years older. And it's like, what did we just see? What was the point of that? You know, it, that ma it makes you question. You know, it makes you question what were they thinking? Were they on something? Why did they write that in? Why did they add that in? And, again, that's what makes anime such a great, pop, great fix in pop culture. It makes you want to come back for more. It gets you intrigued. Moments like that, scenes and imageries that I've mentioned, make you wonder. Make you wonder what what were they thinking? Why did they come up with that? You know, it it, it makes you wonder that. It makes you question. You know, what were they thinking? Why did they come up with it? And 
it's you know it, it, that's the thing about anime. No disrespect to Western, European, Australian, China, Chinese, you know, Asian, whatever animation. That's they're all great. They all have their moments. Believe me, I know. But something about anime from Japan and what they do visually that makes you question what were they thinking, what was the point, why they put that in there, is what makes anime, Japan anime, Japanese animation so memorable that you want to keep coming back for more. You know, I mentioned movies like Bahi and One Million Year Trip and 1001 Arabian Nights by all by all by Asamu Tetsuku Tetsuka Tetsuku Tetsuka and you look at that and it makes you wonder when you see if you've ever seen those it makes you wonder what was Tetsuku thinking at the time when he came up with these when he wrote these scenes in when the animators animated them in. It's like, what were they thinking? No, but no one really knows. No one really knows, folks. But again, that makes you come back for more. It makes you want more. It makes you crave for more. It makes you want to have those, answer, those questions answered. And again, that's what makes anime, I know I'm repeating myself here, such an integral part in our pop culture today. The fact that it gives you these visual mediums, these visual uh, imageries that make you ask what was the point what the bank were they thinking putting this in you know it makes you question what if they were on drugs or something honestly <laughs> you know it really does you know it really does you know like I say you take a look at this I'm pretty sure it's got its moments there's no doubt about that but again it makes you wonder what were they thinking you know why did they come up with it you know and sometimes it becomes what is known as a brain teaser. It manipulates your mind. It makes you want to know, makes you want to question, okay, did I... It makes you question, you know, sometimes whether what you saw visually is canon or it's not going to be canon. That's basically what I look at. And, again, that's what makes it beautiful. And I, but like I said, it's not just those visual imageries. It's scenes in imagery like, you know, like Mattel, L, that's her name, I think, at the end of Galaxy Express 999, kissing the young boy, the young male protagonist, on the lips. You know, and making you wonder what was the point? What the heck was this about? You know, it makes you question why even though she was dying... One of the main female protagonists in the end of Evangelican kisses the young male protagonist, the young boy protagonist on the lips as well, saying it's a grown-up kiss and basically promising, hey, we'll do the deed later when you get back. It's like, okay, what's the point? What's going on here? You know, why would you... It's like, why would you add that? Why would they write it in? You know? And I know some people will say, well, Brian, you've had anime movies and shows here and Maybe not as much, but some animated shows and movies here in the western state, western part of the world, that have done similar things. And I'm not denying that. Heck, I talked about one with uh, that. Rob, I think I talked about one that Rob the Wonderful, a planet Rob did for his cartoon clip show, 
uh, when he reviewed Bucky O'Hare. You know, when he did Bucky O'Hare, I, I can't think of her name right now, but basically the ma the female cat girl, uh, the female cat girl in the anime, in the, in the show, ends up kind of falling for the young 10-year-old human kid. Ed, uh, Willie. And it's like, and it's to the point that when, and it's to the point that when he meets her and they have scenes together, she kisses him. She's smitten with him. And it's like, from an age demographic, she's like maybe eight, ten years older than him. And I know some people would say, well, between dimensions and everything, maybe Willie being as old as he is is considered an adult. Maybe there's nothing wrong. That's true. But still, it's one of those WTF moments of what the blank were they thinking, adding this, adding this kind of like relationship, this boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, attraction between the two characters in Bucky O'Hare. To a lot of people, it just didn't make any sense. But again, it's one of it's again one of those moments in anime, and one of those rare moments in Western animation that makes you question what the blank were they thinking. And when people hear about something like that, it makes them want to see exactly what you're talking about. It does, and again, it shows you the impact even back then that anime has has and had on pop culture. The mo the basically the the fact that you can have an animation a cartoon based on a video game in a franchise that just started up in a comic book if you will where the main female protagonist falls in love is smitten becomes sort of like the girlfriend to a ten-year-old human kid that's added in, well, it's actually it's an integral part of the franchise anyway, but still, it makes you question why. And back then, it shows you the impact anime had. So, overall, I know this video has gone two parts, and I do apologize. Um, but I just want to talk about what, I'm t I just want to talk about why the WTF moments in anime makes anime what it is, makes it the art form we love and we're fans of. It makes it an integral part of pop culture. So, that's all I'm going to say on my take on it. You guys let me know what you think down below. Watch Bennett the Sage's Anime Abandoned and Rob the Wonderful's clip, Cartoon Clip Show. You guys will see, believe me, when you guys watch those, you'll get your moments from them where they'll even be questioning, questioning questioning uh, in the review which will blur the line between the review script that they're going off of and legitimate and legitimate uh, legitimacy of even they'll question what the heck were these people thinking so let me know what you guys think down below comment if you like if you know of any anime or even western animation that has moments imagery that makes you think what the heck's going on here why why did this character do this why did this character have a visual like this why was this uh, character represented like that? Why did this character turn into that? Or why did this young female, this young adult female kiss this young boy? 
any kind of other examples you can think of, let me know down below. Comment if you like, and I'm out.